This is 105.9 The Region with your stories. The good news in our neighborhoods, our cities, our country, and beyond. This is good to hear. Well, every once in a while, our friends at the Ontario SPCA York Region Animal Center even uh, go above and beyond to the call of duty when it comes to doing things for pets and us in the community. Every time you think, well, they can't do any more, then they surprise me and do this, something called Sweat for Pets, a special fundraiser to get active in the great weather, help you and help your pets. I think it's fabulous. To talk more about it on Good to Hear, thrilled to be joined by Jessica Swarich from the York Region Animal Center. Jessica, how are you? I'm good, Jim. How are you? Good. Uh, it's a fabulous idea. Uh, it's an initiative to get us active, but get our pets active at the same time. Yeah, exactly. So Sweat for Pets is a wonderful thing. Um, we moved our, if anyone remembers, we had our Friends for Life walk that we usually hosted in the fall on site. And then obviously due to COVID, we had to switch gears. So we created this virtual fundraiser called Sweat for Pets um, that we've been doing for the last couple of years. And just like you mentioned, it's that time of year that you can get active yourself, go outside, enjoy the nice weather, and then take your animal with you and in um, turn, raise much needed funds for animals in need. You can get all the details at sweatforpets.ca, register, donate, and be a champion for animals in need. And Jessica, I know we have an eight-month-old Golden Shepherd, and she's a sweetie, and Monty loves her walks. And, you know, depending on my schedule, we'll walk her at least one really long walk a day or two walks a day. And, I mean, I love it. I, I mean, walking to me is a great way to get active. But the dog loves it, too. Yeah, exactly. So you and everyone else can actually go to sweatforpets.ca and, and register and join a team or create your own team. And then you can encourage friends, family members, coworkers to all kind of get behind you and make a donation and really make a difference in animals' lives. I have to say, Jessica, my wife and I on our daily walks with Monty, we've noticed more people out with their dogs. I don't know if it's the pandemic. I don't know if it's because more people decide to get a dog, but there seems to be real engagement with their animals. Are you finding the same thing? Yeah, we've uh, we've kind of seen the same wanting of animals throughout the pandemic. Everyone's always looking for a fluffy new family member to bring home, and we're always very welcoming to that because obviously that's our main goal here at the Ontario SPCA. We want to get all our animals that are looking for a home out into the world and into their forever home. You can get all the details, sweatforpets.ca. Sweat for Pets will run until the 28th of July, and it's a great way to raise money for people not really understanding what some of the work that you guys do. Just tell the listeners where the money goes from the money you raise. Yeah, for sure. So all the funds raised from our Sweat for Pets campaign will go back into the um, daily care of all of our animals. So that includes housing, feeding, our spay and neuter services, every animal is microchipped, vaccinated, dewormed, defleed, um, all before they're put up for adoption. And then it will also um, allow us con- to continue to do our humane education programs as well, which also brings in funds for all the animals. I know from the SPCA York region, depending on the time of year, you could have more dogs, more cats, rabbits, whatever. Is there is there more of one animal right now in the SPCA people are looking to adopt? Yeah, we're pretty um, we're pretty fair across the board right now. We do have some small animals, cats and dogs. Um, usually, the spring and summer is definitely where you'll see the influx of cats, just because we're seeing more um, stray cats outside. We're seeing more obviously litter of kittens coming in, so kitten season is kind of spring to the fall, and then sometimes in the winter you'll see less cats available. And then currently, we are doing um, if you follow us on social media. 
We're doing something called Transfer Tuesdays, and that's where we're actually working with our affiliates in the United States, and we're doing transfers on some dogs, um, I believe, the first Tuesday of every month just to help relieve their overcrowding of shelters in the United States. Wow, I didn't realize that was such an issue down there. So you guys are helping them and helping people get an animal and helping them at the same time across the border. Yeah, exactly. Um, We're lucky in Ontario. Our adoption rate is very high, and we're able to get our animals successfully out of our shelter, Um, whereas unfortunately in the States, they're just not having that same success. So due to overcrowding, they've reached out to us, and we're more than happy to um, offer a helping hand and bring them here. Well, I know in your your talk about Sweat for Pets, you talk about going for the daily walk, but also uh, dancing with your pet or running a marathon. I've seen people do every kind of physical activity with their pet, uh, riding the bike and holding the leash. And there are many different creative ways to be active with your pet at the same time. Yeah, exactly. So we're open to whatever you think is unique to you. So like you said, walking, running, biking, swimming, you can run a marathon, you can do a triathlon, you can dance, you can do squat while you hold your cat, whatever you think will work for you and will raise funds, go for it. I've done squats with my dog, so I know about that, Jessica. Absolutely. (laughs) This is fantastic. Sweatforpets.ca. Register, donate, be a champion for animals in need. Help out the great work Jessica and her staff with the Ontario SPCA York Region Animal Center do such fabulous work all the time. It's the least we can do. Runs until the 28th of July. Jessica, it's always a real pleasure to speak to you, and let's hope you raise a lot of money. Thanks, Jim. Thanks again for having us. Good to hear. This is the good news. I'm Glenn Perkins, and this is good to hear. Many Canadian employees under 34 say they would leave their current job to go and work for a company that offers better benefits. That's the finding of a new survey from RBC. Judy Godry is head of group benefits, RBC Insurance, and she joins us now. Julie, what does the survey show are the main benefit requirements that these employees are looking for? Some of the most desired features they're looking for is support for mental health. We had 88% of respondents saying that that was very important. They're also looking for uh, ability to have flexible coverage or to customize their coverage. So access to things like a spending account or the ability to add additional coverage to meet their personal needs. And how easy are companies able to meet these requests? Well, some of the advice we give to companies is, firstly, to understand what it is your employees are looking for. And often, uh, employers will find that they they do already provide a ton of great benefits. It's just that their employees may not be aware of what they have access to and how to use it when that time comes. And so, some of the advice we give is to, first, increase awareness about all the great things you're doing to support your employees' health and well-being. So, Uh, communicate it proactively to employees so that they know what they have access to and how to use it. And then for employers, they can say, okay, what do my policies and and programs say to my employees? Does it show I care about their health and well-being? And if so, great, let's promote it. And if not, how can I change that? Do I need to invest more? Can I reallocate those investments to make sure that I'm providing that health and wellness support specifically around mental health and flexibility that today's workers are looking for. Have you found employers changing their ways and accommodating these requests? We have seen over the years uh, employers making greater investments in two areas in particular. One, absolutely around mental health, uh, whether that means increasing the amount of coverage available on an annual basis or perhaps launching new services to make it easier for people to get mental health support, either in person or online. 
We're also seeing investments in you know, digitally delivered services or virtual care, so making it easier to connect your workers to the healthcare providers and support services they may need to lead a healthy lifestyle. And this has certainly become important following the last couple of years with the pandemic, isn't it? People are becoming more aware of mental health and that work-life balance. Absolutely. Our survey did find, unfortunately, though, that self-reported levels of of overall well-being and mental health are are down this year compared to last year. And we know that collectively, we've all been facing uh, a number of stressors uh, over the last couple of years. Mental health has been top of mind for a long time. But with things like from fear of getting sick or inability to access health care, social isolation, financial worries, all of these things are just exacerbating uh, some of the challenges that existed prior to March 2020 and are just uh, you know, weighing heavily on Canadians today. It certainly seems that employees now have more opportunities for them. But what would you say are the takeaways for employers? For employers, one of the things that they should think about is, you know, it's you do need to prioritize your employees' mental health and well-being. And so take a look at what you're already making available, either in, in partnership with your group benefits carrier or other solutions and policies you have at your workplace and, and promote those services to your employees so that they know that they have coverage and support for their health and well-being and, and know how to access it when they need it. And then the other piece of advice is employers to, you know, look at the investments they're making in benefits coverage or other supportive services, evaluate whether it's lining up with the expectations of your employees. And if not, consider making some changes, get some, get some advice either from a, a group benefits consultant or from your carrier directly and see about how you can uh, improve your program to better meet the needs of your employees. Julie, thank you very much for speaking with me today. Thank you for having me. That's Julie Godry, Head of Group Benefits, RBC Insurance. I'm Glyn Perkins, and this is Good to Hear on 105.9 The Region. Good to Hear will be right back on 105.9 The Region. Listen live at 1059theregion.com or 105.9 FM. This is 105.9 The Region with your stories. The good news in our neighborhoods, our cities, our country, and beyond. This is Good to Hear. Hey, I'm Shaliza Bacchus, and our next story on Good to Hear comes from right here in Markham, Ontario. I'm joined by Erica Chin, a.k.a. Explosion, and she is so talented, let me tell you. Now, this one, this one is for my millennials, because I know you all remember the Etch-A-Sketch, okay? Like, the epic, I feel like every 90s kid had an Etch-A-Sketch, and I love that it's living on now, because Erica is only 17 years old, and she is a master with the Etch-A-Sketch. Hey, Erica, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Now, let me just tell you, your Instagram is looking lit. Like your artwork is just blowing up all over the place. So how did you even start with this hobby? Because I feel like a lot of kids your age don't even know what an Etch-A-Sketch is. Yeah, so I actually started seven years ago. So when I was 10 years old and it was because of the movie Elf a very good movie and then basically Buddy the Elf is doing all these crazy sketches in the movie and then of course I saw that and then I thought man I wish I could do all those crazy (laughs) sketches and then I started doing it a little bit because my parents got me one and then took a break and then the pandemic hits two years ago and then I kind of figured oh I have so much time on my hands you know online school there's nothing much to do so then we got the etch-a-sketch again and kind of kept going 
And then I got on TikTok and everything just took off from there. Of course, everything blew up on TikTok through the pandemic. And so did you have the etch a from beforehand or did you buy a new one? I had had it from when I was younger. So at first I was just using that, but then eventually we started buying a lot more. <laughs> I love how like all of these trends and like things that were hot back in the 90s are like totally making a comeback. I'm so here for it. So Erica, walk me through like creating a piece. What's your process for creating something? Basically, I think really on TikTok, usually the first thing I'm on TikTok a lot. So I'm always looking for trends. But then on TikTok, my thing has become doing very popular theme songs or even just songs that are trending. And then, so I'll usually get that. And then if the theme song has, I guess, a whole bunch of different scenes in the actual thing, I usually try to sketch around that. Or I usually pull up the lyrics and then based on the words in the lyrics, I'll match them to pictures. And then I put it all together. I usually have an idea in my head of how I want it to look. Cool. So I have a whole vision <laughs> beforehand. And that really does excite me and motivate me to want to get it done. That's so and then cool. I film everything, put it all together, add the music. And then, yeah, that's really how it comes together. So most of your inspiration comes from like music you listen to. Yeah, music and TV shows. I think a lot of the big ones I've done have been TV shows like Phineas and Ferb and Big Bang Theory. What are some of what are some of your favorites and some of your favorite music as well? Um, so I think my favorite, at least sketch I did to the show was a Phineas and Ferb one. And I think that was a good one because a lot of people my age knew it and even adults knew the show as well. I know Phineas and Ferb. Really popular (laughs) show. And that theme song was like perfect. It was upbeat. It had a whole bunch of different scenes I could sketch. And then also the co-creator of the show was on TikTok. And that really helped because he duets everybody. So once I got it, it took off. That's so cool. And what about music-wise? What do you listen to music-wise? And where does your inspiration come from in that point? I think for music, I kind of listen to everything, to be honest. Yeah, there's, I think the only song I've really done on TikTok was I did do the Lizzo song. Um, about yeah, Damn Time? One, yeah, About Damn Time. So that one did pretty good on TikTok and that one was trending as well. So that it always helps when they're trending on TikTok. That's so cool. And by the way, I, I can't remember if I mentioned this, but you are from right here in Markham, Ontario. And yes. you are only 17 years old. You just graduated high school. Congratulations. Thank you. What are your plans? I am going to McMaster next year. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm going to probably be focusing on school for sure. Um, But I definitely want to keep up with my Etch-A-Sketch. As Um, you should. Yeah, I'm not sure how much time I'm going to have with school. And I'm also doing field hockey there. But I'll see what happens, I guess. I still have the summer to figure stuff out. So, yeah. That's cool. And I'm wondering, have you ever tried to like teach anybody how to do a drawing on EstraSketch or or would you teach anyone? I definitely have taught people. So a lot of people, they'll usually see my TikTok or Instagram account and then I'll have an EstraSketch with me because I carry one around everywhere I go for the most part. And then I'll usually pull it out. And then if they want to try, I teach them how the knobs work. And then they just try it on their own for the most part. I was just teaching some of my younger cousins how to do it yesterday. 
That's so cool. And I, I'm <laughs> yeah. sure, like, I mean, it's going to take a while to get to your skill level. <laughs> it takes a lot of patience and time, but I do think that if you have the patience and you have the time, you can get pretty good at it. Eric, I was just uh, I was just creeping you on Instagram and you've got so many like different logos and things like that. And I'm just looking through all of them. So if our listeners want to follow you, where can they follow you? They can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Etchplosion. So that's at E-T-C-H-P-L-O-S-I-O-N. Amazing. Thank you so much and continue to keep up with your hobby and good luck in school and all your future endeavors. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. Of course. It's been a pleasure. Region kind of radio station. So really appreciate it. Good to hear. This is the good news. Now, you may not have heard of Kaylin Sungabatak of Markham and her fighting partner, Nico Birch, but they are among the elite Muay Thai fighters in this country. and will be part of something huge happening in August. The Youth World Championships of Muay Thai taking place in Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia and joins us on Good to Hear. Nico, Kaylin, how are you? I'm good. How are you? How are you? Good. Uh, Kaylin, I'll start with you. You go to St. Brother Andre Catholic High School. You're you're in high school and you're competing in one of the, the toughest forms of mixed martial arts and combat sports there is. How the heck did you get into it to this level? Um, well, I started off when I was like seven years old. And um, at first, I wasn't really like serious about it. Um, it was more of a thing that I could just do with my friends. But then nationals came around and I decided I wanted to compete in that. Um, and then I sort of took a break after that because I lost and I didn't want to really get back into it. And then um, the fight team, it like got bigger. And I decided I wanted to compete again, but then COVID happened. And then um, I sort of like lost interest in it a bit. But then I got back into it again after COVID um, when my coach asked me if I wanted to um, compete in Iowa. And then I won about there. And now I'm going to Kuala Lumpur to compete. And Nika, what about your story? How did you get into it to that level? Um, yeah, very similar. So I started when I was 11 and I started competing in very controlled, uh, environment. It was like a no head contact, very light contact type of, um, competition. And I just found that really fun and I started just training harder. Um, and then I did nationals as well. And yeah, ended up in Iowa, won a belt there. And now I'm also going to Kuala Lumpur. Uh, Nico, I'll start with you, then, then Kaylin, I'll follow up with you. I, I I know a little about Muay Thai and the training, the, the mental and physical training that goes into it, it. It is so unique and so intense. How much does that help you deal with stress of day-to-day life, knowing what you have to put into it to compete at that level? I think it's really helpful with me, especially when I'm stressed just in terms of like school Um, because I know how to control sort of my mind and my body. Like, I think Muay Thai puts you in, um, in a sense where you could be really panicked and you could feel like, oh, like I don't have control of my body, but it really teaches you how to center yourself and know that everything you've got up until this moment is what's keeping you strong. And I think in terms of school, that's also really helpful because I know even if I feel like I don't have control, I've been like training and studying in a way that 
I can keep that stress at bay. And I think it's really connected. (laughs) (laughs) And and Kaylin, I I mean, everyone associates um, Muay Thai, uh, Thai kickboxing with with all the physical attributes. But I I think of you and your story, and it had such a huge uh, positive impact on you mentally. Am I correct? Yeah, it did. Um, Muay Thai, like half of the work that I do is mental. And um, like, it really helps me to um, like not be stressed times like with school stuff. Well, yeah, absolutely. You know, and Kaylin, I, I let's face it: teenage boys in high school, they're they can be dumb, dumb sometimes. They can be, and they yeah. can be rude. Let's be honest, right? But there's probably not a kid at Saint Brother Andre that you couldn't take care of if they got out of line. Yeah. Well, when I tell them that I do Muay Thai, they, they're very like, they don't believe me because of how, like, because I'm a girl and because I don't look like I would fight, but I can actually like fight them. Like, (laughs) (laughs) they they like wouldn't expect it from me. Well, that's the best kind of opponent. Uh, speaking to Kaylin and Nico, who are representing Canada among the elite group of athletes coming up with the Youth World Championships in August in Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. There's a GoFundMe. How is the donations coming to the GoFundMe, Nico? Are you guys starting to raise some money? Yeah, uh, we've been doing a lot of different initiatives, um, doing raffles, but also we're just super thankful for anyone that's been willing to make a donation. Um, it's all going towards helping us achieve our goals, which we're really thankful for. And you can support it, knees, the word knees, K-N-E-E-S, knees to Malaysia, the number two, knees to Malaysia.ca. That's knees to Malaysia.ca to support their trip to Kuala Lumpur, which is going to be an exotic experience to itself. So so after this, Kaylin, after going to this world championship, uh, do you have long-term goals in Muay Thai, where you want to take it from there? Um, I just, I just really want to be an inspiration to like younger female athletes like me to dream big and work hard. And, um, I just want to like inspire them to be more curious about this sport. That's outstanding. You know, Nico, you and Kayla, I mean, Dana White is eventually going to hear about you guys. And it wouldn't shock me to see you guys in the UFC someday with your skills. Um, yeah, I don't know if is exactly where we're headed. I think the Olympics is definitely something we're much, uh, more excited for. Oh, have, um, forgive me, but have they added Muay Thai to the Olympics now? Yeah, so it actually just became part of it. Oh, that's fantastic for both of you. So it's an opportunity to represent Canada on the international stage. Yeah, yeah for sure. Okay, so for people who don't understand, and I know a little bit about the training, explain to the listeners, Kayla, start with you and go to Nico, some of the physical training you do at practice to get ready for these bouts. What what do you go through? Um, well, every day I have to do a run um, to get like my endurance level up. We also work on a lot of our technique in Muay Thai, and there's also a lot of strength training. So, Nico, do you do the Muay Thai push-ups where you push up and clap the back behind your neck and put it back down again? (laughs) 
Um, not exactly. We do a lot of push-ups, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Kaylin, Nico, congratulations. Thank you for representing Markham and York Region, and thank you for representing the country of the World Youth Championships in Kuala Lumpur and Malaysia in August. Good luck. I hope everyone listening donates to your GoFundMe. We wish you nothing but the best, and uh, thank you for doing us all proud and continued success in Muay Thai. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Good luck. Knock him dead. <laughs> Thank you. Send us your good news stories at info at 1059theregion.com. This is good to hear.